This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello. And how is everyone today? Well, I hope. Welcome to 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Station. And I've got four guests today. I'm absolutely thrilled. Three of them are in the studio at the moment. And I will introduce you in a second. But first up is Christina Moyle. Christina, can you hear me? I can, yes. Hi, Jackie. Fantastic. How are you down in Plymouth, aren't you? Yep, Plymouth down in sunny, sunny Devon. Great. great on the board of Cornwall. Yes, lovely. So, I mean, we've, I think we've got a little bit of Cornwall weather today, which in my experience is a little bit cloudy, a little bit sunshine, might rain a bit, might not rain a bit. <laughs> That's it, a bit of a mix. Okay, so um, if you'd like to introduce yourself first of all, and yep. then then we can have a good old natter about what you're actually, the exciting things you're actually doing at the moment. And for our regular listeners, and also for our new listeners as well, really, um, we will we normally have our 12.30 catch-up time and what everything's happening, but um, all our guests today are very conscious on time, and Christina is no exception to that, which is why we've got her on first. So go for it, Christina. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Christina Moyle. My company is called Funky Media, and I'm a full-service uh, advertising agency. So I create uh, TV commercials for Sky. So I work with AdSmart from Sky. And I'm also the founder of and um, developed um, an AI software. And so that's called funkymedia.ai. And it's just it's such an exciting project. Um, and we've only just launched. And so what it does is it, it has four core features that help businesses grow. It creates adverts, ad creative, text AI, video AI, and then social post generation. So it's one little login that can uh, basically save so much time for, for business owners. Yeah, we were just um, with my two guests in the studio at the moment, Nick Howe uh, from NatWest Bank and uh, Juliana, as I mentioned. We were just touching base on AI and the benefits and the potential downsides. What What are the pros yeah. and cons that you actually recognise and why did you develop this piece of software? Um, because we, um, as, an, as an agency, so we, we look after a lot of client accounts, creating all of their content. And to do so, my team was having to use, say, about seven different softwares to achieve the, this result. And I had a little idea um, quite, a, quite a while ago now, because I've been building this um, for some time, on how could I uh, save time in my own business. And um, so I developed it initially um, for that and then thought, ah, if I add this, tweak that, do this, do that to it, um, I'll be able to open it to the market. And so that's where it came from. So it saves time utilizes um, the best uh, you know AI, AI that's out there at the moment and it's constantly changing I mean even in sort of three months development AI has moved along so quickly yeah. um, so we have to continuously adapt yeah. and so so we've had to do that as well so video AI for example is text-to-speech video um, so the AI will create the, the content to go in the video and then it will render it with an avatar and a voice wow. um, and our, our clients can actually upload their own avatar so it could actually be you that's in the um, videos um, upload your voice as well so although it's AI generated it can actually be the business owner that's in those creations that's a, that's just amazing I mean I'm just 
for a split second mm. there, I thought, well, what am I going to say to that? That's just, just so amazing. Um, Nick and Juliana, anything you'd like to ask? Yeah, I've got, got one question. So, so much is exciting in this space and so much is changing so quickly. So, from your experience and the, the clients that you've been working with, I'm just wondering, how, how do you keep pace with it? How do you ch- uh, chart what's working, what isn't working, um, so that you can follow those trends and advise people accordingly? Well, I'm part of um, a group of developers. So, you know, we, you know, we're all sort of in peers um, and we sort of beta test. So we test everything as we go along. Um, we're also part of, uh, as developers, we get advanced insight into things before they come out. So often we've already had a go before it launches. Um, and, yeah, just sort of keeping ahead of it, really, being diligent, um, communicating effectively and just staying on top of it by, by learning con- continuously. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's the joys of digital, isn't it, and technology. you just got to keep on top of it all the time. So are you a coder or, or what's, what, how does that work? Are Sorry, you, Jackie? Are you a coder um, or how does your expertise work? I, I understand code to a certain point because it's several different languages. Mm. Uh, but then when I get to a point, as long as I understand it, then I can employ an expert in that field. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah, so it's a question of having... Yeah, that's the benefits of networking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so the benefits of networking, absolutely. Um and, you know, obviously I, even, I even met you um, through networking many years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so keeping your, your network is just so valuable. Um, it really is. Um, and I'm very lucky that most of the people that I work with, I've worked with some, for some, some years um, and, again, met them all through networking. And, I, and I'm a true believer in expertise. You know, I, if I'm not an expert at something, I wouldn't attempt it. I would pay an expert to do their job. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it was wasn't it in Spain we met when we were doing the conferences in Spain. It um, was, yeah, in Marbella. Yeah, when you were doing stuff, when we were doing stuff there, and touch base and various other things. Um, just giving Jean Murphy a bit of a plug for the tenth of August. Are you going to be there that, this time? I am. Yes, I'm Excellent. coming up. <laughs> Excellent. I All the way see, from Devon. I will see <laughs> you then, if not before. Okay. I do it every year. That one. It's a good. It's a really good event. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And it's good to be able to support Sean as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got to be there at 8 o'clock. Oh, and I expect you have as well, wouldn't you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can, yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so back to the AI then. What are the challenges that your clients are having? I mean, I know that you're saying you're keeping all the time you're keeping on top of it because the environment that you're working in, you are seeing yeah. stuff early uh, so that you're ahead of the game all the time. But what are the biggest yeah. challenges your, your clients are actually facing? I think the biggest challenge is people don't understand it. Yeah. And it's they a hard don't know one, though, it isn't it? It is, yeah. And so even with my launch, what I found um, is it's, it's it, by demonstration. You have to see it how it will benefit you and how to use it so that you can understand how it will be helpful in the business. Yeah. Um, so t- people that tend to, to use my software, there's three different levels. There's just a business level because it's all about on brand. 
that's the whole point of, of the app itself is to keep everything on brand right. so you set your brand then you set your projects and depending on what project you're working on that's all saved under um, different folders so it really does help keep it the AI learns as well so as you set your brand and your brand tone your hex codes and your tone of voice each bit, bit of output is is saved and memorized so if you think the way that ai works in layers mm. so you'll have an input i'm sure you've heard of prompts mm. so the, the more the the better that you prompt it the better the output will be um so it remembers that so you can do a prompt it will sit in the middle then it will have an output but the next time you prompt it it will remember what it's already prompted right. and so what we have is different versions that are saved so that our customers can go between previous versions and current versions and that's the same whether it's on text or or um image imagery creation image ai um also known as ai art right um, so for usability really you can um you can really get and also the other thing that i did was a bit different is i've set everything to uk english ah that's yeah because a lot of, yeah a lot of ai stuff's um obviously very american mm. Um, so that's quite useful. And what I found is agencies or people that have got two or three businesses, they might have, you know, a main business, um, a, a side hustle. Um, they use it because you can you can segregate the brands. Yeah. Um, even I've got, uh, for example, a drinks company. They've got different brands. So they're although it's the same named drink, it um, has four different flavors. So each of those becomes a brand. And then that tone of voice is relevant to that particular brand. So you can literally click and say, I'd like to do a LinkedIn post, and it will create a LinkedIn post specifically uh, with that tone of voice, the logo, and, of course, the hex codes and colours of the, of the business. Wow. You, you saying say, about the um, tone of voice, my husband, who's got to be the least computer literate person I know, but he knows how to sort of go with Alexa. <laughs> I got in the other day and he said, do you know what Alexa said to me? I said, oh, go on. Um, and he'd asked Alexa a question, and afterwards she said, I do like your tone of voice. Would you like me to use it for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what you're saying, I can totally understand all that branding thing. It's so on the ball, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and we have advert templates as well. So the advert templates have been created from a marketing perspective, so they're they're created with a call to action, a title, a topic, um, and then, uh, you know, an image, whether that's an art-generated image or, or one that's uploaded. For example, I did a networking event on Thursday um, down in Red Ruth, and um, the post that you see out on LinkedIn on Facebook has all been generated by my AI software, and it took me all three seconds to type that in. Um, and what it what it's spat out is it's learned my tone of voice, People think it's me, and it's um, and and they're going viral, you know. Gosh, wow! Mm. I mean, that's it's really so exciting when you just see something work so well yeah. that saves time. Yeah. Um, you know, from a return on investment perspective, uh, that's just a no-brainer. It's there, once you see it, 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 it yeah, yeah, it's right on the bun. I can see Juliana's got something she'd like to come in with. Sure. Sure, sounds absolutely amazing and, and probably a bit too good to be true. Um, and sort of somebody who championed a very small micro businesses, how simple it is to adapt and how easy it is to learn. Oh, it's, I've designed it for its simple use. Mm -hmm. um, it's also mobile responsive. Very, very simple. Set the brand, 
create the uh, create the project that you want to work on, whether that be website copy, if you could want to be creating a rotor, it could be you want to create a book and you want to do chapter one, you can break it down into chapters, so that's under projects. And thereafter, it's content, and you choose what style of content you like to create and save under your project folder. Um, so it's very, very simple. It's literally log in, click, 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 send. Um, it's also links with Google Drive as well, so you can save directly to your Google Drive, uh, and it will email you the output, or you can just copy and paste and stick it straight out onto, onto whatever social media or whatever you're using so very very easy to use i've actually seen it um christina gave me a, a, a very um brief uh overview a few weeks ago and um and clearly from that point anyway it's all come on in leaps and bounds so i mean it's, it looks as she said it's very visually very straightforward i think um it, yeah i still want some more time with it i must admit <laughs> Yeah, and we have a frequently asked questions section with tutorial videos. Yeah. Um, we've also got a YouTube channel with uh, tutorial videos. Um, and also we have a you know calendar link where people can book in one-on-one -on -one if they want help. And, um, of course, there's a chat function if you, if you need any further help. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite easy to use. Um, are you, are you finding – sorry, go on. That's right, I've not had anyone say it's not yet, so – that's, that's good. Uh, are you finding there are any particular types of businesses or professions that are, are going for this more strongly than others, or is it across um, the board? It's across the board, but I think mainly because obviously my business, you know, I have a, a, I do radio as well, mm. um, and I publish a magazine, so my uh, audience is rather varied anyway. Mm. Um, the businesses that sign up to Funky Media, as you know, it's a digital dashboard that gives people their business insights and it, it basically audit people and show them how they work on, online. So it really is varied. I mean, I've got hairdressers, drinks companies, car showrooms, lots of coaches, actually, coaches, consultants and service providers. Um, I've got a, a, an asset finance company that uses it. So it's just completely um, varied. It's anyone that needs to work on brand basically any banks yet yeah have you got any bags yet any bags banks b-a-n-k-s as in nick how natwest bank i'm plugging oh. you here christina come on you know i'm sorry i was thinking no not yet but wink 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 i'd be delighted to have the opportunity to uh, do a demonstration well, yeah. No, uh, so I'm um, hoping that we're going to be able to uh, to do some more with you on that anyway. Um, so are you able to share with us what's the next thing that's going to be released or, or not? Um, or is it happening well, the, so fast it's like sort of there? It's, no, no, it's there. I do have a very uh, robust roadmap with this project. Mm. Um, so the next uh, part of the project is we are creating direct link so that it will post automatically to um, the social media accounts from the software so there's no need to download and, and upload it onto you know like logins so we're working on that now on that on that next update excellent oh crikey so are you sleeping not much no <laughs> <laughs> you know me uh, i'm a trooper no so um i get very passionate about it because I, I i see the benefit gosh yeah and, um, 
and yeah, so that makes it quite hard to to relax. But um, but yeah, it's all very exciting to to see it come to fruition, and um, and the fact that it's actually useful and people are enjoying enjoying using it. No, absolutely. Saving time, anything that saves time in business, we know how valuable that is. Yes. Um, so, so on 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 the sort of con side, if you like, that I I expect there'd be some businesses that might say, but it could do me our business. Uh, what's your response to that? Yeah. So I've um, come across a few copywriters that um, have sort of been a bit a bit like, oh gosh, no, you know, AI, it's going to take away my job. You know, you need to have a huge element. Um, and they get perhaps a bit scared or a bit worried. Um, so, you know, I've spoken to some of them and, and explained how it would just help them. Um, and once you demonstrate that, it's just your time is more effective. So if you, you use the AI to create a chapter in something, it's not going to be perfect. It's there to help. Yeah. So you're still that human element. Yeah. Um, and all you've done is sped it up. But if you learn how to prompt it correctly, mm. it can have your tone of voice Again, it's just about learning and education. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that because actually, the um, I'm sort of no expert on it as as I mentioned to you before. But the, the software that I'm using, um, you can put in a little bit of text and it comes back with something or other. And obviously, I was not feeding it the correct information because all it kept giving me was when you have to pay your tax in America, which is not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then down the bottom exactly. it says, "How are we doing, Evan?" no thank you don't want tax and it still still kept going on it um but it, you're right it's it's a question of um i mean cultural right what am i saying that for um it, it's a question of first of all what you put in it you know it's, yeah, it's a talk you're feeding a, it yeah and you know people get scared of the word ai but ai has been around for many many years mm. it's been in everything um the only difference is it's just a hot topic at the moment, um, but it's it's the fact that it's conversational now, whereas before it was more search orientated. So now you can, you know, almost like talking to a person, yeah. you can type that in and it will it will put the output. But if if you put the right prompts and, for example, if you were talking about a networking event that you attended at a venue, if you write in it, create a Facebook post about the, the enjoyed time that I had at this venue with this company and just put the two links in mm. the output is so much better than than you'd imagine mm. um and then you could just tweak from there and say cool, take out the relevant this and add in that and it'll do it for you in seconds yeah I think that people I've been talking to are saying oh but you know you can't take it exactly as it is but if if you get in your head that it's actually a tool and gives you that it's just space. a tool yeah something mm. to help yeah, it's just um, a tool to help. I mean, you know, we've all used Canva. Um, you know, it's it's like it's a bit like ChatGPT and Canva had a baby. Then you've got funky AI. <laughs> um, that's, that's the kind of vibe cool. that I've got with it. But um, yes, lots of people use those, and um, they're just tools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm conscious of your time, so I want to make Thanks. sure that first of all, everybody knows how they can get in touch with you, and also, I don't know. If if Nick and Juliana have got any yep, quick questions. Yeah, sure. So you can go so to the website directly, which is funkymedia.ai, or if you search in Google Funky Media Agency, you'll you'll see my, my business come up there. Um, or you could contact me directly, Christina Moore at Funky Media. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's great. Nick, Juliana, any, any last minutes? 
I was just going to say, Christina, uh, a, a massive plaudit, really, for, for speaking really simply. Uh, I know that might sound like a bit of a, a criticism, but I, I think with a subject that's so uh, technical, um, you yes. can sometimes use too many acronyms, too many initials, etc. But I think you've, you've done it really well. So is, is that also for, for anyone with a concern, with a question that wants to find out more? You know, you'll, you'll yes, be really absolutely. simple in that conversation with them, I guess. Yes, absolutely. So we we do like a, a fifteen minute um, chat with anyone that wants to find out or ask any questions. Um, but um, you know, you're not the first person to say that to me. Actually, it's it's simplifying it because you know at the end of the day we're all just people, and it is a tool that will help us save time in in our daily you know work life that we need to do. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Juliana, anything from you? Just really a very quick question as well, maybe building on uh, Nick's comment. Um, there is so much negativity going around uh, content generation softwares in so many different industries. And it will be quite interesting to see how kind of, you know, I think the simplification of that language and the highlighting the benefits helps to understand the clients what they can do with the software and, you know, sort of not being a negative part, but actually being about creating relationship with your customer and being positive on creating something that customers want. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds as if you've got everything nailed in there, Christina, I think, from that point of view. And the fact that you are listening. I know you're a good chatter, but I know you're also a very good listener. Yes, no, it's important to listen. And, you know, we, we um, tweak where needed. Um, there's, there's also opportunities um, for collaborations as well. Very open to that. Um, some companies I've collaborated with that use the AI and it's um, working really well because they can see the benefit. Well, they see it, they use it. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, um, we're listed on um, AI Scout as well, which is like um, an AI directory. You have to you have to be verified before you can you know be on there. What's that so called, Christina? It's called AI Scout. It's on the website. You'll see it's one of the first things that you see. Um, oh, okay, I must admit I haven't looked for it yeah. yet. Yeah, and the other thing that gives people a bit of peace of mind is that Funky Media is um, trading standards approved. Brilliant. So, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so much for um, joining us. I can see that my next guest is actually waiting. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio Hello, 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 and we're back in the studio. What a fascinating topic AI actually is and what challenges there are. For all of us actually to, to get used to it but it's so exciting as well so I'm looking forward to catching up with Christina so that we can update ourselves on on all of that sometime soon. Um, Nick and Juliana are still with me in the studio but I've now been joined by Karen Wisdom. Karen can you hear us okay? Yes I can hear you. Fantastic so would you like to introduce yourself please? Uh, yes of course um, I'm Karen Wisdom I uh, have been in business on my own since probably around 2010. Uh, and since then, I've worked for companies on my own, with companies, freelancing, contracting, um, and a whole mix of, of different employment as the world of work has changed. Uh, I, I've kind of changed with it and uh, I found myself uh, with fingers in all sorts of pies. Uh, my roots were in marketing originally. 
uh, that led me into market research. I've always been very interested in what makes people tick. And that has also led me into uh, social media careers. So um, one of my social, one of my marketing specialisms uh, was taking social media and managing people's social media accounts. Um, I'm no longer at Sharp End of teaching. It's, it's really a full-time job to, to keep up with one Karen, sorry just to stop you. I don't know, you're coming over a little bit breaky up. I don't know if you can sit any closer to the mic. I mean, we are in the hands of Zoom. No, no, it's not you to apologise. Okay, it's actually better. I've got my microphone turned right up. Ah, that sounds better, I think. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah, so I was saying I had a spelling, I still work in marketing, I had a spelling teaching social media and managing people's social media accounts. Uh, and then I've also been involved in parallel in um, employee feedback, which was one of the branches of my market research career. And then more recently, um, I've got involved in the family business, uh, which is uh, uh, a special occasion stationary design and printing business. So I help out uh, with, with that, particularly the marketing aspect. Uh, particularly with what did you say? Particularly with the marketing aspect. Yes, well, I mean that's your that's your expertise area, isn't it? What um what brought that? Excuse me a second. <coughs> Frogs. Um, what brought that idea to fruition for you? What was it? COVID? Was it you know when you're sort of looking to create, or how did that come it about? Was, yeah, thank you. Good question. It it was just before the pandemic hit. Um, my husband, um, by trade, is an arch worker, so he's got a background in creative design um, and, and typesetting originally. Um, and we've always been um, grammar geeks. We're the kind of couple that go to a restaurant and pick out typeface in the menu. And on this occasion, we've gone to a very sad funeral um, of somebody that we knew. Um, I went to pay our respects and found ourselves completely distracted. By the fact that the order of service was literally mistakes and typos, nearly someone hadn't proofread it. Um, and there was a, a hymn that was being sung where there were whole chunks missed out. Mm. And we came away thinking, well, whilst it detracted from the, you know, the sad occasion, we came away thinking that we could actually do a much better job. Um, and, and at the time, my husband was made redundant. And so we thought we would set up a business to provide design and, and produce stationery. We, we had contacts in the print industry anyway as a result of what we do. And, uh, and, and therein, um, Circle of Life Special Stationery was born. So, so which is which is perhaps con- uh, using most of your time at the moment about in, amongst your businesses? Which is the one that's getting um, more interest, if you like, in that sense? Um, yeah, it, it varies. I mean, I think the stationery is, is really building around a, a new business. Um, I, you know, I've had sort of 10, 10 plus years of experience in, in setting up and running businesses. And, you know, I also have contracts that I, I deliver around um, employee feedback and things like that. But that's not, not so interesting and not so relevant to the small business world. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been lucky that I could bring my learning uh, to, to setting up a new business, and particularly at a, 
a very challenging time because when you set that business up we started to have a wedding um, and the odd funeral and then we went into the pandemic and lockdown and all events were cancelled yeah so i'm sure anybody who's got connections with the events world you know knows that that was a, a fairly horrendous experience um, as far as any any business interests are concerned and uh, and it, in, a, in a bizarre way, it gave us time to, to take stock and to really get the business in order. Yes, I think, yeah, I, I, I take what you're saying because I think a lot of biz- people in business actually, okay, it was a dreadful time for some people um, and a tragic time for some people, but also it made people sort of reinvent themselves and take stock in what they were doing. I'm just going to ask Nick, who's who's works with a lot of startup businesses and developing businesses. Have you got anything to add in there? Yeah, I, I think, I think, first of all, what a, what a talented lady Karen is. All, all those different businesses, fantastic. And one of the things that does crop up quite often is passion, um, just how necessary that is to keep going, to overcome the barriers, that the issues that crop up. And uh, sort of question for Karen, I suppose, is, is it possible to be as passionate about all of those different types of businesses or do you find that, you know, because you've played a certain role in each of those businesses, that's where you get your passion from? I think, I, I never, it's interesting um, that you say that. I, I was never really what you would call an entrepreneur. You know, there are people who had, you know, woken up one morning with a beating you know, desire to start the kind of business. That was never me. When I originally set up my marketing business, it was it was born out of a redundancy situation and I need to, to really pay the, the bills. Um, and, and you have to sort of take stock and, and assess what kind of skills you have and what you can um, you know, earn a living from, essentially. So, so my drive there was born out of a very different set of circumstances. And someone who just suddenly decides one day they're going to uh, to set up their own business. Mm. Um, but equally, I, I think you know the the process of building a business and learning those skills, and you know whatever service or product you're marketing, you, you have to learn all about your target audiences, how to reach out to people, how to connect, how to build your business connections and networks, and so. To some extent, the process is the same. There might be nuances between, you know, different sectors and different types of business, but it's pretty much the same process. So I just think I'm more experienced now. It's still tricky to wear all the hats, though. It's it's interesting because just talking to Christina, it's sort of similar type of answer in terms of her responding to what her clients, the fact that she's got all these exciting tools that she's able to learn about and to be involved in, but she's also, like you, got to listen to what your clients want. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's um, yeah. I mean, I, I think with the the stationary business, it's been different because we, if you think about the customer journey. With something like special occasion stationery, it's obviously triggered by an event, you know, whether it's a milestone birthday, wedding, or a, you know, a funeral, which is perhaps you know sometimes unexpected. Um, but there are various touch points that that customer will go through. Um, and so for the stationery, our our key, rather than reaching out to you know a hundred individual customers, it's it's better to 
build connections with, say, events venues or vicars or celebrants uh, or funeral directors, for example, where people will go when they have a need. And once they have fixed a date for their event, um, then the next thing they want to do is to get an invitation out. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's understanding that journey and where on that journey um, customers are most likely to, to be buying from you. And, uh, you know, that's different for, for every different type of business. You know, with, with a marketing hat on, that's a completely different journey. That's yeah. important to understand how that works. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask you two things now. First of all, I'm going to ask you, if you'd let us know what your contact details are so our audience knows. Um, while you're thinking about doing that, can you also think about what your hot tip would be and why for us? Um, so how would we... Go- the last bit? Hot tip, hot business tip. Hot tip, okay. Yeah. So um, how would people get hold of you, Karen? Okay, so we, we have a website, uh, which is... Uh, com. Um, you can also reach me through that. Um, so on, on there you can um, you can send a message or a contact form. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, a circle of life stationery. Uh, so you can you can find us and follow us there, and uh, we, we do our best to uh, to respond to inquiries as quickly as possible. Okay, cool. Um, so of hot business tips. <laughs> I know I've just well, thrown that at you. Yeah, I've, I've got one and a half, okay. So okay, one and a half. I think if if you can um, outsource things, not everyone can afford to outsource, but I think if you, if you can, whether it's sales or whether it's your accounting, something that you're not, not expert at but somebody else is, if you can afford to pay them to help you. Yeah. And I would I'll thoroughly recommend it. In my case, you know, my killer's here is, is the finances. Um, I've got a good business case, but I've got a clue how to, to do my business tax return. So I entrust that to um, a very good and uh, a long-standing firm uh, of accountants over in Chiselhurst. And um, I think the other thing is to understand your audience. If you can understand who it is that you're, you're selling to effectively, where do they hang out, you know, what kind of messaging resonates with them. Uh, and certainly if you're on social media, not just to broadcast out about yourself, constantly share information. If you understand your audience, you can share information that is relevant to them, that is interesting um, to them, and and they will engage with you you and your brand uh, to a much greater extent than if you're just broadcasting out constantly. Excellent. Oh, well, that's really helpful. Thank you, Karen. And um, for our listeners, these shows are all recorded and will be available on the website, which is all the W's, 1230.co.uk, next Friday. Not Friday this week, but the following Friday. And if if you're a nighttime listener, it's actually live at 8 o'clock on Thursday evening. So um, anything that you've just caught up with or think you've missed, do have a tune in to the podcast. Now, Karen, thank you so much for that. 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes For and from business women On all the socials www.1230.co.uk At Love to Beat Radio
Hello, and we're back in the studio now. Thank you so much to my two guests who Zoomed in with uh, Christina Moy and um, Karen Wisdom. And we were naturally in a way so busily in the, in the studio, I didn't realise quite what the time was. Now, I need to update you with the news um, from 12.30. On Thursday, we've got the Orpington meeting, which will be with Severina Todorova. And that's probably as hard as it's going to get for my tongue to get around that accent. Um, that's happening on Thursday. All our meetings you will find on the website, our meetings and events, because we're both in person and online, you'll find on the website with all the W's, 1230.co.uk. And if you look under calendar, you'll find those details there. Um, Saturday was, I've been going on about what was going to happen on Saturday, which was a great event. It was the Ziggy Stardust Family Fun Day, which was held on Beckenham Green. Went really well. I have to admit, we were a little bit twitched because there were a lot of things in Beckenham actually going on that day. But we had a great turnout and we were really, really happy with, with um, how it all went. So look in July next year, watch the calendar for the information that's uh, going to be happening there. On the 14th of August, we've got our Seaside Day. So I hope you guys are going to be able to come to that. That's in Birchington in Thanet. Quite easy from Bromley to get to um, by train. So we're going to have a look around Kat Webb's beautiful B&B that she has completely updated and renovated with um, the, the um, Art Deco that it was originally built in. Each room is themed, and one of them, as you might guess, because she does, Kat does um, David Bowie walking tours in Beckenham. Um, one of them is a David Bowie themed suite, and guess what? In a shower, you could actually have a shower with David Bowie. So I can see Nick's face is appalled at that concept, but <laughs> and Juliana is laughing. So, um, Yes, yeah, so that, that's what's happening there. Let me see what else I need to update you with. So, um, um, Orpington, as I say, is on Thursday. And then on the 11th of July, we've got Sidcup and Bexley. 13th of July is actually the Thanet meeting in Birchington. And on the 19th of July is Bromley. The second Wednesday of the month is our online so we call that our TV. So we've now got our radio at the moment, and that's our TV. And on the 25th of July is East Dulwich. So do keep up to date. Have a look. Come and join us. Book in. Give me a call. Um, you'll find me on all the socials as Jackie Groundsell, 1230 Jackie. Um, and there we are. So the website, as I say. And as I mentioned earlier, this show is being recorded. It will be in podcast format next Friday so you'll be able to catch up with everything if you missed anything at all so um, I'm just keeping an eye on the time um, let's have our proper introductions Nick and Juliana have actually spoken to my guests via Zoom but if you'd like to introduce yourselves first and then we'll kick into the ads and then I can sort out what button I've pressed wrongly here and get going again Nick if you'd like to introduce yourself please well, thanks for having me, first of all, Jackie. Um, it's a real privilege. And uh, so I'm Nick Howe. I'm the uh, Enterprise and Climate Partnerships Manager for, for NatWest. Um, what that effectively means is we very proudly work with a host of fantastic partners right across the country 
who each represent um, communities and groups of people who, for one reason or another, are underrepresented when it comes to starting and growing businesses. So our primary focus in that context is around women in business, uh, is around ethnic minority-owned businesses, uh, is around young people, uh, and also around social enterprises. And I love meeting these sorts of organisations um, for the first time. Uh, and a couple of colleagues actually would ask me, uh, you know, what, what should we do uh, when we're meeting this organisation for the first time? And I give one very, very simple tip, and that is shut up and listen. Because uh, all these fantastic groups, they represent their community wonderfully well. And there probably is a lot, an awful lot of things that we can do to help and support, but only, only when you listen to the barriers, the questions, the, the, the matters that they're struggling with at that moment in time. So with that knowledge, you can then start to build, you know, the help, the support that's, that's right uh, for them. Excellent. And I'm, I've known Nick, as Juliana has, uh, for, for a very long time. And I have to tell you, he's an excellent listener and, and, an, and an incredibly good person for coming to for advice um etc in, in that direction so thank you nick for that we're going to find out some more about you and your role and what's actually happening with nat west as well as yourself so juliana i'm just frantically trying to find out what the time is because clocks in this room don't work um so <laughs> if you'd like to introduce yourself please Thank you very much, Jackie. Um, thank you so much for having me, and I'm actually delighted to join this particular show with my great champions of female entrepreneurship and great friends, Nick and Jackie, so you know, it's, it's a real special day for me to be here. Um, what I do is I wear several hats. I am a social entrepreneur, a dedicated social entrepreneur, focusing specifically on uh, women-run businesses and been doing it for over 12 years. Uh, quite successfully because very recently I've been awarded uh, MBE, which is yes! really proud quite, of. Quite, she says. <laughs> <laughs> drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> and it's uh, it's amazing to be recognised at that level for all the hard work. You know, it's been a teamwork, but it's been really hard work uh, to engage with so many amazing businesses. Um, the other side, I'm also an academic. I'm an associate professor in entrepreneurship. I have PhD in entrepreneurship. So really combined an academic research and practical business knowledge to support those in our communities as much as I can from very, very early stages to making their life, you know, successful. Excellent. Thank you very much. So it's, very, it's a great honour to have you here. Um, and I can, I can remember the very first time I met you. And do you remember who introduced us? Yeah, Claire Young. Claire Young, that's yeah, it, yes. Claire Young. Claire Young, some of you may remember, was a runner-up on The Apprentice 2009, I think. And the only reason I think that is because she then, that same year, she was a speaker for us at our, at our conference. Um, and she introduced me to Juliana, and I can remember going along to Croydon and meeting you and Selton. That's too. right, yes. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, thank you both for those introductions. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Now, you're, you've, I said earlier that I've known both of you for a long, long time. How long have you actually been with that? Oh, 
don't tell anyone. <laughs> Twenty nine years in uh, in about a week's time. Oh, <laughs> so, so you just left school when you went there? Yeah, yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. I I, uh, I didn't go to university. Um, right. I kind of decided for me, I, I really wanted to learn on the job, as as it were, and um, tried a few different roles within the bank initially, but. Very much. I, I remember it really clearly. There was a, a family-owned business that came in for a review. I just kind of shadowed the manager that was uh, was kind of conducting the meeting, and that was it. That was it for me. I knew that that was, was the sold. kind of group of, of customers that I really wanted to learn from and kind of spend more time with. So, yeah, yeah 20, 29 years. Wow. Wow. So, um, and, and, of course, you've developed also not only on the business side of things, but also you've had a focus on the female businesses. What was the reasoning behind that? Um, I, th- I think several several different kind of uh, reasons, really. So so if I kind of split the, the corporate sort of uh, aspect, so NatWest are very, very proudly for over 17 years now really understood that Actually, when it comes to women in business, there, there is that massive underrepresentation, um, and so therefore, as a as a bank uh, and, and the biggest bank uh, in the UK in terms of supporting um, small businesses, really want to define that proposition and, and try and do what we can to help more and more uh, women to start and to, to grow businesses. And I perhaps speak about the Rose Review uh, sort of shortly uh, in terms of some of yeah. some of those actions there. So I think you know from a from a corporate point of view, that's definitely one of the things that, that we've we've tried to do. It, it gives us a kind of a, a massive market, a massive opportunity, but also in terms of that purpose, there's a massive kind of ethically, it's the absolutely the right thing for us to do. But then I think secondly, from from a personal point of view, I consider myself lucky. All of the uh, underrepresented groups I mentioned earlier, you know, the ethnic minority-owned businesses, young people. Um, social enterprises and of course uh, women in business I consider myself as an ally for all of those because um, I get so much information I get so much insight from conversations with those brilliant founders they share uh, things that have gone well they'll equally share things that haven't gone quite so well and that's the gold dust that you can use then in conversations with other businesses because you can share with them you know, what other businesses have found works and doesn't work to help them along their, their line. And for me, having that purpose, you know, a highlight of any week is chat to founders, you know. And, and so if I reflect on a Friday, finishing off for the week, was that a good week? What was the highlight of the week? I will always hark back to that conversation or two that I've had with, with different founders. So, yeah, having that purpose is, is really important for me and, and a lot of my colleagues as well. And do you find that women are actually much more readily to share? Because one of the things that I've noticed with networking is that women are much more readily uh, uh, open to sharing. But dare I say this, the, the guys are getting there. They're learning. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, no offence to you, Nick, at all, because we've been friends and known each other business-wise for a long time and would always um, point people in your direction. In fact, Fiona Catchpole, does that name ring a bell with you? She's based in Leicester and she's one of my menopause gang. Mm -hmm. And and I know she's been doing something, some stuff with with the enterprise. Um, Yeah. 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 And see, you knew that straight away, even though she's miles away. (laughs) And I think think you're right. I I think um, 
I, I, I some, everyone's an individual, so I, I don't like trying to categorise people on average. But but I think what you sort of said there in terms of uh, are in general are women more open and, and honest? We think absolutely. I, I, I t- uh, tend to agree with that. I think us blokes tend to kind of soldier on and kind of pretend, you know, uh, a lot more often than, than that, that things are all okay. And um, I think it is a picture that is improving. But I think it is also something that, that we all need to play a part in. I mean, there's one, uh, I sort of asked both of you, there's a statistic that co- quite often comes up with regard to women in business. And that will be, on average, would you say that the average female founder is less confident than the average male founder? So would you agree with that in general, that statement? It's difficult, isn't it? Because I know from stats that, that the answer to that is yes, but then we have different experiences with the women that we're actually yeah. having contact with. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing, but you only ever hear that stat. So if I then repl- or play that out in a different way, which is uh, when it comes, for example, to the average female founder, they will be far more realistic when it comes to lending uh, amounts and volumes that they need. And therefore, statistically, when it comes to debt, they're far more likely to be successful at repaying that debt. Yeah. But you never hear, you, you hear the, the statistic around, on average, perhaps the, the female family is less confident than the average man, but you never often hear that the female family is more successful at repaying debt they take on and, and so I think all of us have that that kind of responsibility that role to try and rather than necessarily repeat the negative uh, traits but perhaps uh, you know profile and amplify the, the positive ones yeah so so has some of that come out of the fact with COVID where all that money that was sort of sloshing around for various loans and grants and stuff have, have some has more evidence of the things that you're talking about just now Nick, um, come to light or, or not? Yeah, I, th- I think COVID definitely, uh, if you look at um, women in business, if you look at uh, ethnic minority owned businesses, again, kind of uh, on, on average, because of the preference for certain sectors, so for example, for hospitality, for food and that sort of thing, obviously those were, were sectors and industries that were hit the hardest, earliest by, by mm-hmm. the, uh, the lockdowns yeah. and by the pandemic. And so, you know, those groups statistically are were underrepresented before the pandemic. And, of course, the impact of the pandemic and, and the restrictions has really sort of uh, made that more of an issue. I think a, a particular issue as well, and, and it features in the Rose Review, is the the um, unfair uh, caring responsibility that all too often will fall on a, a female within within a, a yeah. family setup. Yeah. Um, and when I say care, yes, I do mean, mean child care, but also I mean uh, uh, elderly parents and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And so again, you know, suddenly we we reverted to homeschooling because of the strict restrictions and everything. The rhetorical question there is whose shoulders did that fall on and, and if there was a female founder in that family does that mean there was another plate to spin or, or were the responsibilities shared out you know more equally than that and, and I think a lot of a lot of those decisions were also based on the type of accommodation people had mm-hmm. you know if if there was enough room for the guy to do his zoom meetings for example or, or whatever teams or whatever in a room and enough room if the woman had a business herself to do that but there was a balance on who was going to have what space and if they didn't have that space that also formed difficulties within within a family and with a home didn't it? 
Yeah, did that definitely. come to you? Did that sort of information come to you? Or? Yeah, yeah, it certainly did. And and again, you you had that. You needed to have that flexibility. So you know, for example, one uh, one of the uh, partnerships that, that I work on really champion and look after young people. Uh, and like everything, they they kind of reverted to to a digital delivery as quickly as they possibly could. Mm. And 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 again, sometimes the default can be that we think, oh, okay, it's digital, it's same as everything, and, and it's a, a sort of lower cost to serve. But there were some massive positives that we found from it as well. So, for example, um, the young people uh, impacted by this, this particular partnership uh, found that um, they didn't necessarily just have to live within, say, a 30-minute ra- uh, radius of wherever the centre, wherever the workshop happened to be held. You know, Because it was virtual, actually, it doesn't matter where you were, wherever you could dial in from wherever. But secondly as well, and I think, again, this has been an increasing issue, uh, is the kind of anxiety and mental health that young people, but, but also other uh, people within the population, can suffer. And so when you're starting out on that journey, the, the sort of uh, the opportunity to meet strange people in a strange building on day one, that may be too much too soon for some people. So having that digital option really did help. Uh, get some people the access to the support that they need at a time and a place where they were more comfortable uh, in order to, to, to dial into that support. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that that would work for a lot of people. Before I go over to Juliana, and, and, unless she's got a burning question at the moment, have you for Nick? Yeah. Um, what sort of, I mean, you've touched on some of them, but are there any other commonalities uh, with the people that you're actually working with, with the businesses that you're actually working with? There, there are there are certain things that that, that crop up. I um, one of my favourite conversations, I suppose, is with the brilliant founders that are working on social enterprises. They don't always necessarily know it's badged or called a social enterprise, but what they've got, they've got this burning desire and passion to help and support a, a group or or a, a town or, or an area. Um, there's so many causes and so many reasons uh, today. Um, but but that person has got a real calling, if you like, to try and do what they can. And they set this, this organisation up and typically it will be fuelled initially by that individual's volunteering time, you know, the, the blood, sweat and tears that they're putting into, into that venture. Um, but for that to be sustained, what we need to encourage is the fact that you know, money is not a dirty word. You know, money is something that, that is necessary to keep fuelling that organisation um, because that individual's time, you know, or their health or, or other things in life, you know, that's not granted. That we can't take that for, for, for granted. So actually if we if we can find a way of generating income into the business, that hopefully should sustain it for, for a longer period of time. And and again, sometimes people might be fortunate with access to a grant. Uh, and that might be a kickstart to to an organisation, but we need to be thinking about different income streams. So grants is great, but let's look at contracts. Let's look at commercial income that we might be able to generate. Let's look at perhaps merchandise. Let's look at um, other fee earning opportunities, fundraising opportunities. You know, there's a whole host of things that if you can get other people to help and support, they really broaden where you get your income from. So that if suddenly one of those taps is switched off in a year's time. At least you've got some money coming in to hopefully sustain the organisation moving forward yeah. from, from other sources. Yeah, well, that, that's really helpful. I'll come back to the funding thing in a moment, um, Nick, if I may. And also, you touched on the Rosary League. We can come back to that as well. But I don't want Juliana to feel that she's left out 
of, of the broad mix of things. So, Juliana, uh, what are you working on at the moment? I mean, I, I, not everybody's going to know what's been happening with you. I don't know how much of that you want to actually share um, with yeah, your business, no, etc. Um, absolutely. So, uh, the last 12 years, I've been running my rap space, which is very known as South, uh, South London. Uh, supporting female entrepreneurs, supporting women who really come from sponsored communities. And actually what Nick was talking about in terms of the COVID and those challenges, it was so, so prominent when we've been working with women, mm. in particular those working environments uh, in the families. Uh, a lot of families will have a, a dominated sort of, you know, a male who will have basically priorities around the physical space. And it mm. was three or four times more difficult to arrange anything uh, for women who try to balance so many different provisions, childcare mm. provisions, getting a bit of their me time if ever possible, looking at the family and also thinking about starting their own business. Yeah. Tremendous pressures on the women, I think it has. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that was the one of the, um, you know, I, I if I was starting my business during the COVID, I don't know, I don't think I would get as far as I am now. <laughs> oh, I don't. But, I, don't um, I wouldn't say that, would you, Nick? <laughs> But um, it started also from, uh, you know, from kind of a, a necessity-driven kick in within the life situations. Um, some of you might not know, I, you know, when my daughter was born and I had a good job, everything was absolutely fine. And my employer at that time did not really understand certain circumstances when a child comes in your life. Um, so I had to make a choice, and that choice was actually to quit in the job and look at how I can um, uh, sort of use things I know, my knowledge and experience in a different way, uh, and that's how my outspace has been set up. And since then, it's been strengths and strengths uh, to, to build its reputation, to build uh, a community of women behind it. And most uh, rewarding is that those women are coming back and helping other women now. So those we helped, uh, standing up on their feet, running a businesses, are coming back and supporting others in the community. And I think that legacy, what Nick was talking referring to, and what 1230 does, we trying to do is, you know, what really makes my day. Um, but I also had changes in life. As um, some listeners may know, um, I lost my mom uh, just under two years ago, and that was quite a big shock for me. Uh, shock in a way that you don't expect, of course, you, you don't see it coming. And it was really too early for, for her life. Uh, she was 72. Um, and uh, that sort of turned quite a few things in my mind of where do I see priorities and how things are. And actually what it gave me the platform of realize the achievements, but also make a choice where I want to make the difference. And one of the completely crazy moves, uh, probably that's what Jackie refers to, uh, recently I oh, had an term off- it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had an opportunity actually to to go to amazing uh, little country, the Bahamas, lots lots of islands, uh, and uh, help them to set up an entrepreneurship center, the University of the Bahamas. Uh, and when it came off, I thought, well, actually, why not? You know, what what um, I can certainly help. I can certainly bring uh, all the experience and knowledge and builds across the Europe and the UK and also in the local communities, uh, driven by community needs, and see how I can help. Uh, so I'm currently uh, in the Bahamas, uh, it's the Grand Bahama Island, if anybody in the listeners know, uh, working very hard uh, to, to help 620 entrepreneurs on the ground, 
wow. uh, to, to help them develop their businesses. And actually, coming back to some of the stats that Nick was referring to, it's really interesting. They actually have majority of the businesses run by women. Really? And women are really, really pushing forward to, to make a difference and Why do you think get that their is? rights. Um, Hang on, I, yeah. I'm going to have to go out there and investigate. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some field yeah, research. Yeah, I'll come with think, you. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think there is certainly potential for research and for understanding and comparing, you know, what is happening there in very challenging environment on its own mm. and what we are not doing right here to help that talent to really excel. And, you know, there are challenges on both sides. It doesn't matter where in the world you're starting your business. There's definitely things that could be improved. But that was a really interesting start. And as we're setting up an incubator uh, program there, we also see 90% of women coming forward to get the support. That's amazing. It's really driven. Yeah, it's, mm. it's really amazing. And I'm actually looking forward to it. Mm. Because in the UK, I was always trying to encourage women to get in where they have an amazing You're audience on your to door. help them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's my latest move. Um, uh, I hope I will be able to succeed to make a difference. There's no um, hope in business. I'm interrupting <laughs> you here. Uh, when people say to me, there is no hope in business, you will either do it or you won't do it. And we know you well enough what the outcome is going to be there, definitely. Do you think because the islands have never had the attention um, that you're able to give them as, as a professional, do you think that's why they are encouraged to, to come forward? I think they had so many challenges. I mean, COVID was one, but mm -hmm. uh, particularly in some of the islands in the Bahamas, they had uh, massive hurricanes which destroyed the communities. Uh, and I think there's a bit of a short-term driven mentality that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow because, you know, you have no control of the weather, um, you know, disasters. Uh, and sometimes we forget it here, um, yeah. you know. Because they have huge extremes, don't they? I mean, we yes. think we've had extremes this last year, but it's, it doesn't compare at all, does it, by what I mean, there was a little storm while I was there a couple of months ago, and I and I was shocked by the force of that storm. And that was just a little storm. They, like, almost didn't notice it. And I couldn't take my eyes out of the windows because I've never, ever seen anything like this. So I could not even imagine what hurricane can look like. Mm. Um, but I think there is a definitely um, an opportunity to develop a, a growth, long-term sort of driven mindset which is focusing not just what happens tomorrow but focusing on how i can build something which will go beyond tomorrow mm. and and that's actually quite challenging for me an interesting challenge mm. for me that there is a massive enthusiasm there's a lot of passion uh but the passion driven by short-term focus and short-term benefit and sort of how we can turn that mindset into something that despite all those challenges, if we work together, there is an opportunity to build something which can be a value to your family, your community, your island, your country. And what about finance? Is, is there any um, you know, hold-ups in terms of finances? Do they have to get funding to do what they want to do? Or, or, or is money an easy topic over there? I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting question, actually. It's not... Um, I think there is a, a bit of a crossover in the UK environment, particularly when it comes to women, that there is a, a lack of knowledge where you can get information, where you can get help, and where you can get access to finance. Mm. There is more to push towards debt financing, so equity financing is not as common among micro-businesses, uh, and they're a bit confused of what it is. Uh, and it's more so they're self-funded, they're readily self-funded self to the families, will they? Uh, 
self-fund or uh, small loans uh, right. from um, you know Bahamas Development Bank, for example, or a couple others, and grants where it is possible. Uh, but even loans, they you know there's a lot of kind of catching up, uh, which I was actually doing a session in comparison how the banks trying to support small businesses in the UK and actually breaking down the barriers in the small print and retail. So everybody's very transparent what's going on. Where there it's kind of hidden behind behind that when you it's a bit too late kind of thing. Mm. So the funds are there, not very well organized in terms of the access to those funds and there is certainly lack hey, of Nick. information. You're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So NatFest will be very welcome in the Absolutely. Um, <laughs> things. New job for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, I think it's really interesting to to learn about other countries because I mean, there's always something new to learn, isn't there? And I wasn't trying to be facetious when I said there's no hope in business because I genuinely think people are either going to do it or they're not. If they hope, it ain't going to happen. I don't think. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think one thing I've learned in this, you know, roller coaster of activities and businesses I've been involved, there's never a right time to start a business. No. Never. You can no. never put it in the diary and say, okay, I'm going to no. start in 2014 in April. Please don't do it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Just go yeah. with it. Yeah. No, and I'm sure you've both found this. That some people that I talk to, they say, well, I've been planning this for four years now, and I'm thinking maybe, I hope that. You know it's not going to happen, but it, it's our roles really to give them the tools that they can work with and to, to get that vision going, isn't it? To yeah. sort of work. I, I use an analogy to, to sort of illustrate that point, which is quite often people will have a like a dream. So imagine you're on a, a massive uh, outside of a massive lake, and in the middle of this lake is a tiny island, and that kind of represents your goal where you want to get the business to. Now, you could try and make a massive leap and a run-up and try and do that in the very first go, but you might get wet. Um, so actually, the better thing is, first of all, never losing sight of that dream, that goal, that ambition you want to lead to. But rather than trying to do that in one foul swoop, is try and introduce some stepping stones so that you're kind of got an idea and an indication, you know, that hope, if you like, in terms of that's where I want to, to take this business to. But obviously, you can only do that with the right team, with the right customers, with the right proposition for your customers, with the right marketing mix, with the right funding, etc., etc. So actually, if you've got stepping stones that can help you gradually get to that stage, but on a stage by stage basis, then that's probably the you know the right way forward. And also, it takes into account some of the changes, some of the things, the trends that happen. And change things, you know. The world, you know, doesn't stay the same, does it? As no. we were heard in, in in part one in terms of the AI and yeah, things like that. Absolutely, I like that analogy. I think that's really good. I think that's great. So, um, thanks, Nick, for that. And so, um, Juliana, what's the next step in this big lake for you? <laughs> well, where's it going to take me to? Um, well, at least for the next. Uh, six to 12 months, we'll be um, still in the Bahamas building the entrepreneurship center. We have a wide range of activities there from tech forums, expos to incubator programs, mentoring support. So really learning, uh, you know, best practices from the Europe and UK to bring it there and see the difference we can do. Mm. Uh, and in the meantime, still keeping my, you know, myself in, in the UK in terms keeping of- on top of stuff. And on top of the stuff, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm. So I'm involved in a couple, uh, accelerator programs in the UK, supporting them um, at, at UCL, Dohe Global, and a couple others. And you know, I'm always uh, willing to help 
those who are you know inspired uh, and interested in getting the help and support uh, will be very happy to to get this to get in touch and I'll be happy to help. Excellent. So how do people could it get do get in touch with you, Um The probably the uh, there are a couple of ways could be. So LinkedIn is definitely one of them. Um, uh, Juliana Tepasley, it's fairly easy to find me. The other one is by uh, email. It's uh, Juliana at myoutspace, as a one word, .co.uk, or just go on our website, myoutspace.co.uk, and you can fill in one of the inquiry forms. Excellent. Could you spell your name for us? Of course. Thank so you. It's uh, Y-U-L for Lima, I, A for Alpha, N for November, A for Alpha. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And I think there's definitely room for a conference over there, don't you think, Nick? Room for a conference? I should think so. <laughs> it definitely will be there. <laughs> well, University of Bahamas is a fairly new university. They're really looking for partnerships from, you know, an exposure to bring uh, an opportunities for local businesses, but also external businesses. So there's mm. definitely a scope for partnership. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I look forward to further chats on that. And and I know, um, you know well, I think I know, you've been involved with the Rose Report along the way, haven't you, I think? Um, I have been, yes. I've been uh, interviewed as well for it and I've been involved a little, well, on a smaller scale, yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, would you like to expand on what you yeah, of course. on earlier? Yeah, it's a good, good opportunity, really. I mean, the Rose Review uh, was launched in 2019 and its kind of objective was to how can we make the UK the best place for women to start and to, to grow businesses? Um, so what it did, it, it kind of done a, a whole host of, of research, of data, of kind of focus groups, and, and Juliana was, was one fantastic example of that, to try and arrive at some of the, the significant barriers that, that exist that, that are preventing that at the moment. And so um, effectively, if you group the, the barriers that were um, sort of highlighted, there are three main kind of categories. So one is around getting more funding of various different forms out to female founders. Secondly is around the care and responsibility of, of caring, which is all too often falling on, on female sh uh, shoulders. And then thirdly is around access to knowledge and access to networks. So all of those things in different ways are things that over the last sort of three or four years we've, we've started as a, not just ourselves, a there's a real collaboration, there's a real movement of different organisations that are really trying to, to ramp things up. And, and actually it's probably a good kind of uh, stop point in terms of what progress has been made. So when we've highlighted the 2022 activity, what we've seen uh, last year was that over 150,000 new all-women-led companies were founded in 2022. So that's more than, than ever before. Uh, a fifth of new incorporations, so just over 20%, were all female-led. And that compares to um, 16% in 2018. Brilliant. So that's a quite, you know, quite a significant uplift. Yeah. Uh, and actually, for me, I think the most heartening one uh, aspect is that the biggest leap uh, of, of female-founded businesses was around the 16 to 25-year-old uh, age category, and that rose by actually a quarter, so 24% uh, really? more uh, young females decided to, to start and grow their businesses. So I think in general sort of terms, there's some really encouraging signs. However, the changes that the moves forward are incremental and we need more than increments we need massive growth we need so I kind of feel we're at the stage where we've, we've kind of felt 
that the steps and the actions and the proposals are, are absolutely the right way and, and, and they're delivering the right result. What we now need to do is kind of supercharge them to, to get the sort of uh, the results that we're, that we're looking for. I mean, one one example of this, uh, and, and this will run the risk of uh, perhaps making making the audience a little bit angry, actually. Um, but if I said to you the amount of investment monies that went to uh, all female-founded teams last year doubled, do you think that's great? Is that good news? It's absolutely doubled in within the space of a, of a year or two. That kind of indicates a good thing. However, right, and this is where there's, people there's get angry. There's a but, yeah. Um, less than 2p in every pound in 2022 went to all female-founded teams, and that compares to 85% for all male-founded teams. So, again, it went from one pence back in 2019 to 2p, which is a significant change but as you can see there yeah. you know we are far far away from you know from an investment point of view yeah. uh, to, to, to a road of equitability interesting isn't it i mean 1230 wasn't successful in any funding or anything of that nature but do you think that the growth um coming from the youngsters is the education at the schools now which has drastically improved as far as i can see you may be able to enlighten me on that yeah this this um this seems to be uh, this term of applied uh, education uh, or applied learning seems to be something that, that kind of uh, crops up. And, and that's where we actually take young people out of the classroom mm. and actually we give them the real kind of exposure to, to different mm. skills. And I actually, uh, whenever I'm asked to do a, a careers talk or, or something like that in, in, in a college or a school, one of the things I ask the, the students to, to, to think about is examples or um, certificates of things that you don't get a qualification in. Right? Yeah. So what I mean here, you don't get a qualification in when you've presented to in front of 100 people. You don't get a qualification when you've perhaps negotiated a good deal on your tuck shop or, or whatever. You don't get... Uh, a qualification when you've worked really really well as a team mm. but whatever you do in the future whether it's running your own business whether it's uh, going into a career whether it's a hybrid and a mix of, of the two all of those skills are incredibly valuable and important but again remembering those and giving examples when you're going for an interview or, or whatever that actually I've, I've, I've displayed this quality or this yeah. skill here, I, I think is... is That's that accredited prior learning, yeah. isn't it? Which yeah. some years ago actually did have a firm stamp yeah. in place uh, as, as an accreditation. So, for example, if um, a young mum or any age mum wanted... Uh, I say mum because you tend to assume that they're running a home in that sense, wanted to perhaps uh, be an accountant... But she hadn't, or even a bookkeeper, but hadn't actually got the qualifications to do it. The fact that she'd been running a home and running the finances was considered APL, accredited prior learning, and that went towards um, being able to gain such a qualification or getting the route in to be able to get that qualification. And so they're bringing that that's back now in place. From what well, you're that's not not on a, on a formal level from no, a, from a from but a, it should a be though, shouldn't it? Because but, it was. Yeah, but I think. The message really is that it's within people's gifts. Right. If, if they know that they're the sort of missing piece, they're the things that if you're up against someone who's got exactly the same qualifications as you, mm. but you've got those examples, we've done this and that and the other, 
other, that really could uplift you. And, and like voluntary roles. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, encourage that. Yeah. And, and I think one other thing as well, so um, media, social media, you know, a lot of young people will consume a lot of advice, a lot of information through, uh, through TikTok, through social media. Um, some of that is really good. Some of it is kind of different people's opinions, so you mm. kind of got to be you know, wary of wary of that. And mm. I often give an example of uh, Dragon's Den, which was where uh, one of uh, a customer of ours years and years ago was was fortunate enough to pitch on there, and they were successful. They 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 kind of got through to uh, be the first business that got funding from three different dragons, and. When they came in, they were good enough to come in and kind of share their experience to, to a college group that we were, were working with. And one of the things they said was, we actually filmed that pitch from start to finish. So we've done the pitch, we then had the kind of the questions, and then we had the negotiations and the horse trade, and then we finally shook. And that took just over an hour and a half. So wall to wall, hour and a half, no stop, no retake, it was all done in, in one, one clip. When that show went out it was on bbc2 on a sunday night at the time that part of the show was on for about seven and a half minutes and so again the thing that you have to remember is that that's a tv entertainment show yeah. first and foremost so yeah. yes there are some some really strong business aspects to it mm. but there's also some drama and some you know kind money. of arguing the, the, the highlights yeah and but but my i guess my concern there is sometimes people if you're looking at that from a fresh and you're looking at it as the first thing you do and that might be your take of what business is like mm. it isn't you know business is a lot more kind of collaborative a mm. lot more supportive i think we've, we've all seen in the, the meetings in the, in the chats that we've, we've all been lucky enough to be part of yeah yeah no very interesting really good points there um nick what um just keeping an eye on the time there before we go crashing into the ads i'd like throwing this at you three Hot business tips, please, from both of you. Um, who'd like to go first? Okay, that's me <laughs> first, right? Okay, so I will say fall in love with your customer's problem and not your solution to it. So basically, we in the UK, we don't have to ask for most sectors, for most ideas, we don't have to ask for people's permission to start that business. But if we haven't checked, if we haven't surveyed, if we haven't validated that idea with people that we think are going to be our customers, then if all we're launching is our preference of food and fashion or, or whatever it might be, then the chance of that working, that, that, that's uh, very much kind of up in the air. So that would be my first thing. Second thing, um, you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and again, this is where, particularly in the, in the early stages, where people will kind of think about surveying and, and asking people what they think about their, their kind of business idea. They'll tend to stick to friends and family, people that they know. And I kind of want them to recreate that day one when they've opened the business and they've got to sell products or service to, to strangers, you know. Mm. And if you can't ask them questions when actually you haven't got to ask for money, basically, um, if you struggle at that earlier stage, then what's to make you think that you can move that forward to, to a fully kind of trading uh, relationship? So, yeah, be comfortable being uncomfortable and, and try and push yourself earlier on. And then thirdly, I would say, and this is so important in the current environment, with so much changing so quickly and particularly around costs, you need to ensure that you work on your business and not just in it. And so many founders are absolutely 
stacked out with work, they're stacked out with inquiries, which is good, but sometimes that can be a dangerous thing because if all we're doing is head down, getting through, getting orders out the door, what we may not be seeing are the things around us that are changing. Mm. And if we can just not think of it as, as a luxury to sort of take some time out and think about what's changed, actually think about it as an absolute priority to say, right, since I last reviewed this, what's happened, what's changed, and do I now, as a business owner, do I need to reflect things differently? Do I need to change my prices? Do I need to change my marketing strategy? Whatever it might be, so that actually I can stay, to, stay in pace with, with what's happening out there. So, so they'd be my three. Excellent. Thank you very much. And, and what's re- reassuring as well is because this show is being recorded, if you missed some of Nick's tips just there, you'll be able to hear them on the podcast next Friday. So that's not this Friday, next Friday. Thank you, Nick. So, Juliana, three hot tips from you, please. I must say, Nick's tip are absolutely top of the top. So you mm. must ensure those tips are met, whatever you do. You should have gone Ooh, first. What I would add to it, I think, is being realistic about your time commitment to your business. Yeah. Uh, particularly when it comes to ourselves, we, you know, female founders, it's so, so important to be very truly realistic and what actually possible, practically possible to commit to the business. And it doesn't matter if it's a one hour a week or it's 12 hours a day, but at least you know what you can put on the side and be consistent within that. Um, building another point is building on Nick's point as well, falling in love with your problems. So really understanding your customer is absolutely crucial. It's a foundation of every single business. A lot of the time, and we see it day in and day out, that founders come in, they, they're so passionate about their idea. It's their little babies, and they, they, they love it so much, and I think it's the best thing ever. And it's fantastic. We want that passion to come true, but unfortunately, passion don't guarantee success. Passion with some understanding of the customer, confirmation, validation, yeah. is really what makes business happen. Yeah. And the last tip yeah. I will add to the list is don't underestimate the power of networking. It's power, mm. more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I think these show uh, prove that, and what Jackie does with 12:30 is a foundation of actually being able to engage with like-minded individuals, keep yourself current with what's going on, and build those connections. And you never know when those connections will actually come back mm-hmm. to you with an amazing opportunities. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for your tips as well. Do you happen to know somebody who operates a networking business then? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Thank you both so much. Thank you, Nick Howe. Thank you, Juliana. Thanks to Karen Wisdom and Christina Moyle for being here with us today. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled that you could actually spare the time for that. Um, I'm just going to tell you who... uh, Oh, no, actually, can you just remind everybody how they can get in touch with you before I go into my next bit. Thank you. Didn't get a chance yeah, to so uh, for me, two two ways. Mm. Uh, Nick uh, Howe, so H-O-W-E via LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. I always come up with Blue Heart, so, uh, so uh, uh, find me on there. Or there's a fantastic uh, platform called Digital Boost that we're a partner with. Uh, and so any business completely for free, if you're looking for a particular skill, or you're looking for a, a challenge or, or a question that you've come up against in your business, that is one potential way of trying to find someone who may uh, be able to offer up to 60 minutes 
to help you uh, find an answer and some options to overcome that particular barrier. So I'm a volunteer on that pl uh, platform and, and love meeting founders through there. So you can always find me on there, but also thousands of other mentors too. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, and for me as well, two ways. LinkedIn is probably the easiest one. Uh, Dr. Juliana Topazli, it's T-O-P-A-Z-O-Y, and there's an MBE now at the end of it. Uh, so you can find me or by email, it's Juliana, uh, which is Y-U-L-I-A-N-A, at myoutspace, is a one word, .co.uk. Excellent. Thank you so much, all everybody today. It's been a fantastic show, I think, and great input um, and opportunity for everybody to learn from that. Next week, my guests are Maggie Berry, Vicky Sims, and Chitra, all the way from America. So um, do please tune in. I'm here every Monday, apart from bank holidays, 2 till 4. And as I say, the podcasts are there as well. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.